episode 25 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you again for another week of Knicks hoops on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Happy holidays. Hope you're enjoying the holiday season. Uh, Break up the New York Knicks. What is going on? The past couple of games, we'll get into that. We'll talk about the future of the Knicks. Something will have to change at some point as far as coach and maybe even front office as well. And then we will tell you what's ahead for the holiday period as uh, I'll be kind of hopefully not in and out, but it's going to be a little bit odd because we're scheduling around the holidays for the next couple of shows uh, and things like that. So I'll get into all that later on in the show, but first, dare I say it, a winning streak since I've been gone uh, for the New York Knicks. Over the past week, what a week it was for Mike Miller's New York Knickerbockers. Uh, Obviously, we left last week off with a 124-122 overtime victory at Golden State, the worst team in the NBA, not named the New York Knicks. And then the Knicks backed that up with a 103-101 win over a, a decent Sacramento Kings team that, listen... They're not going to be doing anything big in the West, but this is a team that many thought could be in the playoff hunt at some point in a very competitive Western Conference, and the Knicks pulled out a victory away from home. I I, I never thought that the Knicks would come out of that three-game, well, actually, yeah, that, that four-game road trip at 500. I, I No chance, if you had told me, before the start of that road trip, I thought the Knicks would go 1-3 and three or 0-4, oh couple of two-point wins, and the Knicks get out of there with a 2-2 two and two record on the road trip in middle December. I gotta be honest, they, they, they kept the momentum rolling in Denver. Again, a close loss against a very good Denver Nuggets team. And, and listen, the first two quarters were the de- to the detriment of the Knicks. There's no question about that. When you go into the break with a 15-point deficit, you know, that that's not, you know, more, more times than not, you're not going to be able to make that up. And the Knicks did, the, did a heck of a job making it up in the third. They got it to within two heading into the fourth, I believe. And then I remember watching the fourth, just never really thinking the Knicks were going to get over the top. Denver kept making shots when they needed to. Uh, Nikola Jokic, I think, was, uh, was the star player again. 25 points. I think he had 10 rebounds and five or six assists. He was phenomenal. Uh, the kid Barton is a really good player. Gary Harris as well uh, for Denver. They, those are two guys that, that stood out for me as well. I know Barton didn't shoot great from the field, but he almost had a double-double. And Gary Harris is a kid I've liked since he was at Michigan State. That kid just does what it need, what it takes to win games in the NBA. He doesn't always put up the flashy numbers, but he's a great role player for a Denver Nuggets team that really could make a lot of noise this season. Listen, Denver going into that game, I think was 11 and three at home or 10 and three at home, something like that. The Knicks gave them a heck of a test. And Mike Miller, listen, before I get into Mike Miller, Knicks back it up after going two and two on the four game road trip. They back it up with a big win at home against an Atlanta Hawks team that the Knicks blew a game against earlier this season. And this time the Knicks blow them out at the garden. 143. Yes, 143. The Knicks scored 143 points. Uh, they win. They win 143 to 120 against a Hawks team. Listen, that's not very good. Let's be honest. The Knicks are now ahead of them in the standings. However, 
the Knicks, you know, we got to see, start seeing some garden wins from this Knicks team, and they did really well down the stretch to close this game. Listen, the first quarter was phenomenal. The second quarter was just as good. There was a little bit of layoff in the third, but I thought the fourth quarter, listen, Atlanta outscored the Knicks in the fourth, but the Knicks put up another big quarter in the fourth to really finish that game off and make sure that the Hawks made up no ground in the second half. It was really impressive to watch the Knicks get a lead, hold on to a lead, and defensively, I know 120 points is 120 points, but they kept their distance within the two teams. And listen, you're not going to get this kind of a night every night from the Knicks. The Knicks made 13 threes, uh, 46% from deep. They also made 24 of 31 free throws as well. The Knicks took 95 shots, but they outshot the Hawks by 10% from the field. That was a big difference maker. Maybe the best game of his young NBA career for R.J. Barrett. I thought he was phenomenal. 27 points on 13 shots. That's pro kind of numbers right there. Six rebounds. He got a steal and an assist. Uh, Marcus Morris was phenomenal. I, I really thought that he stepped up. Made all of his seven of his free throws. 22 points. Four rebounds, two assists. Six of 11 from the field. But did it not only in just 22 minutes. He really was able to get on the floor, get his thing, you know, get the job done, and then get off the floor. But I, I just thought his leadership defensively was big down the stretch. Really in that second and third quarter, I should say, because the game was pretty much decided by the fourth. But you never know with this Nick team. They didn't play, you know, Marcus Morris didn't end up playing a lot of minutes, but in the minutes he played defensively, his leadership was fantastic. Uh, Julius Randle did the job, 17 points and 11 rebounds, and one of the best games of Mitchell Robinson's career as well, 22 points, I think he had 13 rebounds, and he had a couple of blocks as well, and all the plus-minus people that have been up everyone else's rear-ended feels like this season, every Knicks starter was in double figures plus-minus, except for Taj Gibson, and you had three Knicks players off the bench in double figures plus-minus, and three players, or should I say two players, were plus over plus 20 in plus minus Marcus Morris and Mitchell Robinson so the Knicks checked all the boxes there's no there's nothing you can say to take away from this performance from the New York Knicks and all of a sudden out of nowhere the Knicks have won three of their last four games and now they could go on a little bit of a run here now it gets a little tough there's no question about that Miami on Friday when this podcast goes out uh, on the road, Milwaukee at home. Garden Garden should be electric for that game. Washington at home. That's a big game. Knicks need to win that game. And then two more winnable games on Boxing Day at Brooklyn and again at Washington on December 28th to end the 2019 portion of this season. Then, you know, Portland comes into town. They're beatable. The Knicks showed that. Uh, or rather, I shouldn't say that the, when the Knicks played them, I should say... Other teams have shown that Portland's beatable this year, especially on the road. Knicks, obviously, when they played Portland, got absolutely routed. But other teams have shown you Portland is not as for real as we thought this year. They're really not living up to the hype, and they could regress. I mean, they're, they're going down that path right now. At the Garden, the Knicks could maybe get some revenge on New Year's Day. Phoenix on the road, Clippers on the road, Lakers on the road, Utah on the road after that. That's a tough stretch. So these next six games, seven games are pretty important going into the new year if the Knicks want to get back to being anywhere close 
to being on track this season under now interim coach Mike Miller. Now, I, I got to say, we have a lot to get to as far as things going forward and, and the next head coach and, and and things like that. But I got to, and Mike Miller, I want to get to Mike Miller and what this could mean, you know, this little stretch could mean for his future as well uh, going forward. But I got to point out a couple of big, big things here. Number one, clearly, 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 there's no question about it. When healthy, and I said this in the preseason, Alfred Payton is the best guard on this roster. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was phenomenal against Sacramento, 16 points, four assists. He controlled the offense. He was phenomenal. He, he looked like he looked like a totally different player than even before the injury. He played well against Denver as well. He had 10 points and 11 assists off the bench in 25 minutes for the Knicks. He even threw in a steal as well. And Alfred Payton against Atlanta only played 20 minutes, but still had 5 points and 9 assists. Anytime this guy plays, he's a double-double threat with points and assists. He's been phenomenal. And once again, another really bad week from Frank Nilakina. And I'm not, again, it's so funny how I'm not hearing from any of you Nilakina fans right now. It's so, you never want to address the negative with this guy. It's incredible. He's had a terrible week. A terrible week. And the Knicks have won three out of four without him. It's clear as day the Knicks don't need this guy. It's unbelievably clear. Even with this bad of a team. This guy does not lead to wins. I mean, it's just, I mean, clearly Mike Miller has figured it out without him. It's unbelievable. But he keeps starting him. That's the problem. He starts him. He does terrible. Two points and two steals. That's it. In 21 minutes against the Kings. My God. Minus 22. I thought this was the whole, I thought this was the plus minus crowd I was trying to appeal to. With this Neil Lakina stuff. Minus 22. By far the worst on the team. In that game. Now he bounced back against Denver. 13 points. 4 steals. 4 assists. 5 rebounds. He did everything. Plus 10. Fair enough. But then where was he against the Hawks? Where was he? 3 points. 3 assists. 3 rebounds. He only took 2 shots. In 18 minutes. Where was he? We keep coming back to the same problem with Frank Nilakina. He's not consistently good enough on both ends of the floor. That's the bottom line. It's the bottom line. And until he is, I, I really, I'm tired of hearing of it from you Nick fans, from the Nick fans out there. From you, really, it's not from you Nick fans. It's from you Frank Nilakina lovers that, that will die on the hill for this guy. It's just not good enough. And when you have Alfred Payton chomping at the bit on the bench, you got to start this guy. Enough is enough. Alfred Payton's the best guard on this roster. I mean, there's no question about that. Listen, Dennis Smith Jr. is also inconsistent. I I thought he really had an up and down week. Listen, he didn't play in the Kings game. He was out with an illness. Then he didn't play because of a coach's decision against Denver. Then he finally plays when the Knicks are up big against the Hawks, he only plays 13 minutes, to be fair, he had 8 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, but 
game had pretty much been decided by the time he had a chance to make an impact, a legitimate impact in the game. And, and I got to be honest, Alfred Payton, every time I watch this kid play, I, I, I'm I'm like, well, how is this kid not starting games for the Knicks? How is he not getting into the starting lineup? He plays so well every time he gets on the floor. Listen, he'll make his mistakes. He'll get he'll get into foul trouble or he'll, he'll force, or rather he'll commit a couple of turnovers here and there. But this week alone, Alfred Payton, no turnovers, five fouls in three games. In the three games combined, dude plays 85, 90 minutes in three games, roughly. And that, and he's just putting up fantastic numbers. And he just looks so comfortable on the ball. He's been around the block. I mean, this, this, is, this is a guy that needs to be starting for the Knicks. I mean, I, I, enough is enough with Frank Nilakina. Seriously. And it's the same thing, you know, when everyone was saying enough is enough and Nilakina's got to start. Enough is enough. Bench Frank Nilakina. Seriously. The Knicks are going really well right now. You've got to have Alfred Payton starting. You got to flip the you got to flip the switch. You really do. Alfred Payton's got to be playing more minutes than Frank Nilakina. I know Nilakina's defensively def- defense is there. But it's also inconsistent. It, it, it is. It just is. There's no question about that. There's plays where he'll get eaten alive on the perimeter. And, and Alfred Payton is just too efficient on the offensive end to keep him off the floor. You gotta have him out there. I mean, the last game, I mean, it, it was apples and oranges with those two guys out on the floor. It really was. And as Alfred Payton gets better and better throughout the season, it's going to become more and more clear. He's the guard. He's the guy. He's the lead guard on this team. And it's been interesting how Mike Miller has been kind of shifting the lineup around the last couple of games. And listen, against Atlanta, just about everybody played well. I mean, Kevin Knox had 17 points. Talked about Julius Randle as well. Bobby Portis was in double figures off the bench and he added in a couple of assists a steal and seven rebounds i thought he was pretty good in his 21 minutes on the court this is a nick team that has got some talent on it and we've seen it these last couple of games mike miller is figuring something out here i don't know how sustainable this is and that's kind of where i'm going to go in the next part of the show with the future of the knicks i don't know how sustainable this is but Mike Miller has figured something out. He's gotten these, these guys to start playing better. He's figured out a little bit this rotation as well. And I think it helps that, to be fair, one big thing that's going to get overlooked is that it helps that just about everybody now is healthy for the Knicks. Dennis Smith Jr. is back from leave after a family member passed away. Alfred Payton is healthy. We're starting to see a lot better things out of Mitchell Robinson. You know, Kevin Knox has played pretty well this week. Although he didn't play well against the Kings, he bounced back well against the Nuggets and then played even better against the Hawks. Although his inconsistency is starting to really be tough to watch as well out on the court. So it's interesting because, I don't know. It, it, it feels like a little bit, like to, to give Mike Miller his credit, 
it seems like a little bit more than, as they'd say overseas, a new manager bounce, a new coach uptick, if you will. New coach comes in, changes things up, everybody perks up, things are changing, you got to start playing better to impress the new coach. Feels like a little bit more than that. Feels like a little bit more than that. Knicks seem to have figured some things out on offense. They, they, they do. They have figured some things out on offense. And I got to tell you, the, the, the big stat for me from the game against the Hawks, 55-36 to 36 rebounding margin in favor of the Knicks. That's huge. That is just massive. Two guys had double-figure rebounds. Randall and Robinson both, of course, double-doubles. And 30 assists on the team to 20 for Atlanta. Sharing the basketball, getting guys open looks. And guess who had just about a third of those assists? Alfred Payton had nine of them. The dude is just a natural passer of the basketball. There's passes he makes that you just can't teach. It's that vision he has on the court. The, the natural, the, 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 not only the body language, but, but the muscle memory to be able to, to make those passes. It's so natural for him. And, and you saw it in college too. For those that don't know, I've got a college hoops background. He was at Louisiana Lafayette, a school that's not well known for athletics, except for when the Ragin' Cajuns football team plays in the Superdome every year in a bowl game that doesn't mean anything. Louisiana Lafayette's basketball program is not very good. Alfred Payton made them good for a couple of seasons. He made them relevant, just like John Morant did at Murray State, although Murray State's had Isaiah Cannon and, and other good talent has come from that school. Louisiana Lafayette, people were recognizing that school because Alfred Payton went to that school. Now listen, in the NBA, he was well thought of. He was a high draft pick. He, he's played well at times throughout his entire career, just hasn't worked out at different spots that he's been at. But you see the talent. And on a team like this where you need talent, it's got to be there. This, is, this kid should be starting games. I mean, there's just, I, I, there's no other way I see it. And again, you know, I'm not a Nilakina hater. I really, I'm really not. It's just about the way he's playing. It comes down to that. It's just about that. And he keeps starting games, even under Mike Miller, and he's not doing enough, especially on the offensive end of the floor, to make things happen on a consistent basis. And and, and you hate to say it, because this is stuff that, that I, I think of when I think of college players. You know, when I'm watching college basketball, these kind of thoughts pop into my mind. But it's, it's like it's five on four when he's on the floor on the offensive end at times playing for the Knicks. It really is like that. Defensively, listen, for the most part, he does well. He, he does the job. But in, 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 on an inconsistent level at times, he, he does struggle defensively as well. That gets overlooked from time to time. The thing that really stands out for Nilakina is on offense. When he's not making things happen, he's a bystander there. He really is. He is a bystander on offense at times. And, it, and, and it's tough because you've got two other guards chopping at the bit to get more minutes. I mean, the fact that Dennis Smith Jr. right now is the third guard on this roster, pretty remarkable with the way it, things ended last season and, and looked going into this season. Now, listen, other things off the court have led to that happening. It's not, not, not necessarily all Dennis Smith Jr.'s fault. 
but he's slowly but surely gonna get better and so is Alfred Payton I don't think Frank Nilakin is getting much better than this and I you know at some point at some point you gotta make the switch and get rid of Frank Nilakina. it's gotta happen at some point and it's it's funny because every time I talk to to friends and colleagues about the Knicks every time it comes up the first thing in defense of Frank Nilakina is his age well hey Sean he's only 21 years old and my thought is, well, Dennis Smith Jr. is 22 years old. Alfred Payton's only 25 years old. There's other young guards on this roster. There's other young guards in the NBA that are better than Frank Nilakina. The Knicks have him because they're stuck with him right now. Yes, he's inconsistent. He gets better at times, but then he doesn't keep it up. And there's, there's stretches like this where it's just like, man, how is he out on the floor for that long in games? And I don't want to sound like I'm bashing Frank Nilakina, but I'm just telling you what the, the, I'm giving you the flack that you're given that you've been giving me, and I'm giving it right back to you. If he's that important, why isn't he playing that well that much? It's a question that has to be answered. Because if Alfred Payton keeps playing like this and Dennis Smith Jr. gets better, Nilakina is going to be right back where he started at the beginning of this season, the third guard on this roster. And now it's not going to look too good that the Knicks gave him that opt-in. For another season. It's not going to look good. Not going to look good at all. Because right now. For now. Dennis Smith Jr. is the third man on the totem pole. That's the bottom line. You don't have to read articles to figure that out. It's obvious. 13 minutes. In the win last night. Against the Hawks. I mean bottom line. He's the third string. Right now. But if Dennis Smith Jr. has got any pride. The kid's 22 years old. He's got a long career ahead of him most likely. In the NBA, if he if he keeps his upward trajectory the way many think he could go, he will be he will be a player that's worth keeping for the Knicks. But the other thing is is that there's reports swirling around that the Knicks might trade him. Several teams want him, and and my thing is this: I, I I'd hang on to this kid. I would. I'd hang on to him because if Frank Nilakina keeps playing like this, you're going to need Dennis Smith Jr., man. You're going to need him. And Alfred Payton's the best guard on this roster. I really don't care what anybody says at this point. The, the performance, the eye test, and the numbers back it up. I, I mean, this this guy has just been far and beyond the last couple of weeks, last couple of games, I should say specifically, the best guard on this roster. And Frank Nilakina, listen, the other thing is, this is a great opportunity to, to kind of see what Peyton and Dennis Smith Jr. can do getting more minutes. Nilakina's on track to play on Friday, but he's got an illness. He's a game-time decision. This would be a great time to just let Frank Nilakina take a little bit of a backseat and let Smith and specifically Peyton run the show. 143 points, man. Alfred Payton was a big reason why that happened. Really impressive. I'm going to take a break here. More on Mike Miller. I'm really interested to dive into this. And more on the Knicks coaching future and the front office future as well. After a quick break, 
on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. All right, guys, second half of the show. Diving into the Mike Miller stuff here. This has been really interesting over the last week and a half since Mike Miller has been the really the interim, but you know has really gotten his hands on this Knicks roster. And I've been impressed. I you know I didn't think I would be in Mike Miller. I I, I thought this the, the this would be a tough stretch for him. I really did because the Knicks had been going through a really tough time. They'd lost ten in a row. Not many of them were close. Some of them were, but not many. And he comes in, and the first performance didn't look very good. Didn't look great, you know, the first couple of games. And then he gets a win over Golden State. Again, not a very good team. The worst team in the NBA, I think we could all agree at the moment. But then he backs it up. He gets another road win against the Sacramento Kings team that could be in the playoff mix this season on the road on the road to kind of turn around the road trip Knicks almost make it three in a row they hang around in that Denver game almost pull off the comeback but they lose by six against a Denver Nuggets team that could be a top three seed in a loaded Western Conference this year then they back that up again with a game they needed to win in my opinion to really to, to solidify what Mike Miller has done and they blew Atlanta out of the water at the Garden specifically in that first half and the Knicks had their best performance of the season. And I, Mike Miller's a part of it. He's a reason why. I mean, there's no way around it. And listen, I don't think this takes away anything from David Fisdale. I really don't. I really don't. But Mike Miller, I think, has figured something out here. I've been racking my brain. But I think it's been about the... It's, I think it's been about two things. I think it's been about two little adjustments that he's made and 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 to be fair I, I met i alluded to this last segment because the unfair thing to hear with fisdale is that fisdale was dealing with injuries guys away from the team problems with with certain inconsistencies in the rotation in the starting lineup mike miller has consistently stuck with the same lineup now again i'm not a big fan of frank nilakina being in that lineup i think at some point He's got to be he's got to be changed. I think I think you got to put Alfred Payton in the starting lineup. However, consistency in the starting lineup does lead to success. When things are going well, you get the same lineup out there every night. Confidence is going to be high. I mean, there's no question about that. I can't I can't argue that. I've seen it. And with the same five guys out there on the floor, night in and night out, it's led to good results. So I think Mike Miller has just kind of picked the guys that he trusts or that him and Fisdale trusted. And he has stuck with those guys. But also he's had a bigger rotation to open up to. He's gotten a lot better performances out of Mitchell Robinson. Again, we've seen the rise or the re-rise of Alfred Payton. Bobby Portis has been decent off the bench as well, still under Mike Miller. And, And even Kevin Knox. I mean, Kevin Knox played really badly against the Kings offensively. But the next two games, Kevin Knox perks up and gives you double figures, almost gives you 20 points in the win over Atlanta. Damian Dotson's giving you double figure points off the bench. Gives you 11 and then gave you nine against the Hawks. Like these are things that are just kind of 
These are little things that are kind of helping out the scoring and helping out the rotation. And, and number two, listen, it's a fuller roster. You've got more to pick from. More guys means fresher legs. More guys means adjustments for the defense on the other team to have to make. Allows you to run different kinds of sets. Get different guys involved. Keep the confidence flowing. Get the ball moving. Have a little be, be a little bit more free-flowing. Get 30 assists. You get 55 rebounds. You get second-chance points. I, I mean, these are the kind of things we thought we'd be seeing from the Knicks earlier in the season. And all of a sudden... Knicks are not only on a, you know, they're on a little bit of a, they had a winning streak, God forbid, I can't believe that, but also they've won three of their last four, and they're on the uprise here, they're take, they're, they're trending upwards, not only in the standings, but in the way they're playing basketball at the moment. Mike Miller, I, I mean, listen, before I dive into the second part of this, which is the future of the Knicks, Mike Miller deserves a lot of credit, not many people including myself, thought Mike Miller would be able to do much with this roster. And again, listen, he's got a quantity of coaching experience, but it's not exactly quality as far as the schools he's coached at and things like that. But clearly he knows his stuff. He knows what the bleep is going on. And the biggest thing you look back on, his first real job where he really made a big impact as far as the pros was when he was the coach of the year in the G League with the Westchester Knicks. That's when you started to see, with pros, he's making a difference. You know, he got dismissed from Eastern Illinois. Not the best way to go out from a pretty low-level mid-major school. Texas State for seven years back in the late 90s, early 2000 was the last year he was the coach. You know, okay. You know, nothing, nothing to go nuts about. Five years as an assistant coach at Kansas State. That was the highest level of college basketball coaching he got to as far as an assistant. Coached at Eastern Illinois, UC Riverside assistant, and then got into the G League ranks in 2013. And it's clearly paid off. He knows his stuff. He knows how to get stuff out. He knows how to get performances out of guys. But the thing is, how long is this going to last? We know when a new coach comes in, there are a lot of times when you start to see better performances. But how long can the Knicks keep this up? Because there's one thing that hasn't changed during this winning run. The Knicks have beaten bad teams and have not finished off the games against the really good teams. I mean, that's the difference. Listen, the Knicks swept Dallas this year. We can, I mean, I'm still popping champagne about that. But other than that, the Knicks have beaten the Bulls. The Cavs, the Golden State Warriors, the worst team in the NBA this year, Sacramento, and an Atlanta team that could be the worst team in the East when it's all said and done, unless the Knicks falter. So these these are the things that you look at. Listen, they're going to have chances to beat good teams, and again, Good, the good teams in the Eastern Conference are really good. Milwaukee's coming up, Miami before that. You know, the Knicks are going to get their their shot at the tougher teams. But my, my only question is, listen, can the Knicks still hit their win target that they sit out earlier this year, or that I sit out 
earlier this season and that many thought they could possibly get to this season when you spend $70 million in free agency. Can the Knicks still get to 30 wins? Is it possible? Obviously, if they keep playing at this rate, it's possible. But can the Knicks get better from here with Mike Miller as the head coach? And I don't know what, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I like what I've seen so far, but I don't think, you know, gun to my head, I think the answer is no. However, however, I'll say this. Two things will happen if the Knicks keep winning games. Number one, there's going to be a lot less pressure on Perry and Mills, which is not necessarily a bad thing for the Knicks. Now, again, if you don't like Perry and Mills, you don't think they make good decisions, fair enough. I'm not going to argue with you. You're right. They haven't made the best decisions. And by the way, bringing on David Blatt to help in the front office is not exactly what I was hoping for. Not exactly a great decision by the Knicks. However, winning makes that look a little bit less of a problem. That's one positive. The second positive is the Knicks won't need to rush into a big decision they're going to have to make this offseason, which is simply who the hell is going to be the next coach of this team for the long term. The long term. The guy we want to lead us back to the playoffs, to the promised land. That's the big next step for the Knicks. Obviously, you need to get more players, trying to get stars, all that stuff. That's a big part of it as well. But you need as well to have the right coach in place. I don't think it's Mike Miller. However, you can't ignore what he has done the last couple of games. The Knicks have played a lot better. The Knicks have scored the ball a lot more efficiently on the offensive end. And the Knicks are defending better. They are. They have been defending better the last couple of games when it matters most. And, you know, they have given themselves a chance to win each of the last four games, and they've won three out of the four games. They're closing games out. That's something that didn't happen under Fisdale. That's one of the biggest knocks, in my opinion, against David Fisdale's tenure, forget about last year, for this year. The Knicks were not able to close games out. They've done that. The last three of the last four games, they've closed the game out. They've gotten the job done. They've gotten over the line. Big difference. That's the biggest difference at all. There's W's in the win column. And all of a sudden, a team that could have been easily, easily could have been 4-25 and is now 7-21, and and things are looking a little bit brighter than they were about a week and a half ago. It's really going to be interesting to see how things turn out these next couple of games going into the new year. Five-game stretch where Mike Miller could basically, without having to say anything, tell the Knicks front office, I can carry you the rest of the way. I got this. Miami, Milwaukee, Washington, Brooklyn, Washington, New Year's Eve kiss. And heck, I'll give Mike Miller a New Year's Eve kiss if the Knicks are anywhere near 3-2 and two over the next five. It's possible, by the way. Miami and, and Milwaukee are tough tasks. But Washington twice and then Brooklyn, the Knicks can get those wins in the, in the books. Mike Miller might be the guy for a little while here. He might just be the guy 
that can help the Knicks kind of shepherd the way through the rest of this season and help the development continue under David Fisdale. That's the glass half full look at this. It's possible because of the way we've seen the Knicks play these last couple of games, the last four games. But it could easily turn in the other direction. If the Knicks lose the next three games, we're back to square one. We're back to, okay, what happened? Why is Mike Miller getting this much trust? Why are the Knicks not looking for another head coach? And that's why, and this has been the problem with the Knicks for years. They're not doing a a good enough job behind the scenes, and I mentioned this like two or three podcasts ago, setting up the next step for the coaching position while figuring out how to win games in the short term. They never have gotten that right. And here we are, perfect chance for Mike Miller to prove himself as an NBA head coach. You've got till the new year, in my mind, Mike Miller, and here we are, five big games. And if Mike Miller gets you two or three wins here, I, I think the Knicks can kind of start looking around for that next, next next head coach, but feel like, hey, you know, we can make we have time to make a good decision here. Mike Miller has got us going in the right direction. The guys are getting better on the court. We're seeing improvements from the young guys. The stars are starting to play. You know, the quote unquote stars for the Knicks are continuing to play while we're getting bench production. We're figuring out our guard rotation. Our second unit's giving you some options off the bench. We're seeing better defense down the stretch. We're seeing the Knicks close out some games. Then you can start to look around and say, hey, Mike Miller has steadied the ship here. Let's figure out what we have to do to make sure that this continues long-term. Let's look around. Let's see what head coaches are available, who's interested in the job, and in the meantime, a candidate potentially in Mike Miller is is helping his resume out by winning you some NBA games right now to try to get the Knicks closer to that target that I think many set out at the beginning of the season, which was somewhere between 30 and 33 wins. And, and if the Knicks can get through this next, if the Knicks can get to 2020 and they're at 9 or 10 wins, they, they could be going somewhere. They, they, and that's a big deal for this Nick team to just be going somewhere in the right direction, trending upward, going in the right direction, but also getting guys playing better and getting wins, getting in the win column consistently again. You know, the Knicks this season have not, I mean, think about this. Up until December 11th and 13th this season, the Knicks had not had a winning streak all season long. The, the best you could say the Knicks, the best stretch the Knicks went through was from November 14th to November 18th. They won two out of three, one against Dallas, a loss to Charlotte, a game they should have won, and then a win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. So overall, that and in, if you want to throw in the, the, the other Dallas win, you go from November 8th to the November 18th, they won... Well, three of six. So that's not even, I mean, that's not even, no one even talks about stretches like that. 500 stretch. They won two out of three, November 14th through the 18th. Obviously lost 10 in a row. But now the Knicks won back-to-back games. They lost again against Denver, but then they won again against Atlanta. They bounced back quickly this time from a loss, and they didn't make it 
into two losses. They didn't flounder like they had during that 10-game losing streak where they just couldn't find a way to win. Well, under Mike Miller, they're finding ways to win, and that matters. That matters. Especially for an interim coach that's trying to prove himself. They got thrown into this situation because the Knicks didn't have a good plan in place and they didn't give Fisdale enough time. Well, you know what? Mike Miller has forgotten about all that. He's not made excuses. And he's saying, you know what? I'm the head coach of the New York Knicks right now. Interim or not, I'm the head coach. It's up to me. It's up to me to win games with these guys if I want to stick around. I'm getting my chance of a lifetime to coach the New York Knicks. I'm going to make the most of it. And so far, he has. And I give him a lot of credit for that. I give him a lot of credit. No one's heard of this guy. And he comes in and he's done the job so far. I'll be excited. I'm excited to watch them play in Miami on Friday night. I'm telling you that right now. I'm very excited to see how they play in Miami. I'd love to see them give the Heat a game. I'd love to see them give the Bucks a game. Who knows? I'd love to see how they play in those games. And then hopefully that's a good precursor to a very winnable stretch when you've got a Washington sandwich in the middle of a Bro- or on the outside of a Brooklyn game. I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm excited. Anytime the Knicks win, I'm excited. But we've got to see it consistently, and we finally have a winning streak under our belts here. We've got a nice stretch, three out of four in the win column. Mike Miller is checking some good boxes right now. And I'm interested to see if he can continue the good times for the Knicks. Miami, Milwaukee, Washington, Brooklyn, Washington, Firecrackers. 2020. Where are we going to be? I don't know. But if Mike Miller keeps this up, Knicks could be getting a good trajectory moving forward for the next couple of weeks and maybe even into 2020. Man, that podcast flew by. It's always, it's always, it seems to fly by when the Knicks are doing well. Thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Comment on postingandtoasting.com after the podcast goes up. Make sure to share it with your friends and get involved. Keep sharing your thoughts on the Knicks uh, on the holiday season as well. Quick, just a little programming note for the next show. Obviously, this show is going to go up on the Friday before Christmas, the next show is going to be on Friday the 27th. However, my plan is to either do one of two things. Record on the Monday, which is the day before the, the Christmas Eve, before Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve Eve, or the, the same day, Thursday, the day, Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. One of those two. Regardless, you're going to get a show on Friday the 27th. And then, of course, on the 3rd, our first show of 2020 as well. I'm very excited. Hopefully, the Knicks can keep it rolling. Hopefully, you guys keep rolling with us on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast and the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Until then, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and I will see you guys during the holiday season Have a good one and enjoy the festive period.